how one canny police commissioner tackled the tension between free speech and human decency. Welcome to American Esoterica. If history class gives you the cell phone, this is the caller that's been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. The essential stuff in between. The personalities, events, and other ephemera that shape our history and culture. I'm Brian Powers. We don't often recognize it, but freedom of speech, as guaranteed to us by the First Amendment, is sometimes very much in tension with other foundational principles and societal mores. We've already talked about how the Supreme Court dealt with the tension between free speech and obscenity, mainly by spending some time directly refereeing the whole thing themselves. Another area in which tension can be felt is with regard to hate speech. After all, the purpose of the First Amendment is to protect unpopular speech from government censorship by preventing government interference with all speech. But that tends to open the door to speech that promotes discrimination, bigotry, and hatred. Government and the courts have long tried different methods to deal with this tension, but in at least one instance, a government official found a truly novel way to deal with the issue directly. In 1895, a rapidly anti-Semitic member of German parliament, Hermann Allwart, and I'm not gonna take the time to learn how to pronounce that guy's name correctly, came to America to try to create an anti-Semitic movement. He booked a speaking tour throughout the country to spread his hatred, and his path came to New York City. Fearing the poison this man would spread, Jewish families approached the police commissioner about preventing Allworth's speech in the city. This police commissioner was new to the role, having only been appointed that year with the aim of reforming a department awash in corruption. Now, he was facing a call to quell hateful speech with government authority. Of course, I told them I could not, he later wrote, that the right of free speech must be maintained unless he incited them to riot. If the story stopped there, it might serve as one of the grim reminders that our freedom really does come at great cost. But the story doesn't stop there. On thinking it over, however, the police commissioner continued, it occurred to me that there was one way in which I could undo most of the mischief he was trying to do. Allwart, the anti-Semite, had, perhaps brazenly, requested police protection during his New York stop, and the commissioner seized the opportunity with both hands. He agreed to provide this bigot a significant protective force, and he handpicked the detail himself. When Allward arrived to give his speech, he found himself surrounded by the commissioner's hand-picked police bodyguards, 40 or so Jewish members of New York's finest. In the commissioner's words, the proper thing to do was to make him ridiculous, he continued. It was the most effective possible answer, and incidentally, it was an object lesson to our people whose greatest need it is to learn that there must be no division by class hatred whether this hatred be that of creed against creed, nationality against nationality, section against section, or men of one social or industrial condition against men of another social and industrial condition. 
Now, I'm not going so far as to suggest that he lived entirely free from bigotry himself, but these are lofty words even now, and doubly so for the late 19th century. Allwart did indeed look ridiculous, and at one point he was pelted with rotten eggs by the crowd. He later tried to give a speech across the river in Hoboken, where he was attacked by the crowd. He was arrested for pulling a pistol on the group, and the police, perhaps taking a cue from his treatment in New York, put him in a holding cell with his assailants overnight. The police commissioner didn't stay in the office long, however. In fact, in the succeeding six years, he would be assistant secretary of the Navy, a soldier in the Spanish-American War, governor of New York, vice president, and then president. So, if you didn't know it already, today you found out that that rootin', tootin', rough-ridin' outdoorsman Teddy Roosevelt grew up as a wealthy socialite in and wound up as police commissioner of New York City. New, New York City? This has been American Esotericum. All sounds were made by me, Brian Powers. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it right? Just want to get nostalgic for salsa commercials? Drop me a note. The address is yell at americanesoterica.com. Thank you for listening and God bless America. <laughs>